as we prepare for the new year, we really want to, you know, we're going into this, this holiday season of, um, you know, spending a lot of money, being with family. It can be a stressful time for some people. And so I really want to prepare us as we go into the season to say, how can we create margin um, for God to work in our lives? And what I mean by margin is creating a little bit of space in our life. And we'll talk about different aspects. Um, one of the easiest ways to see this, though, is through money and how we spend money. So we'll be hitting that a little bit. But we'll talk about time. We'll talk about different things. And the reason I'm bringing this, this now is because what we want to do as a church we want to challenge the status quo um, as, as the Grove, and we already have. We're, we're, this is our uh, 11th week as a church, so we're pretty new. And we have already broken a lot of, you know, molds for what church is supposed to look like and how church is supposed to start and what it's supposed to do. And so I have the, the joy and the privilege to kind of tell you about what we've already done as a church and then kind of what we want to do in the future and, uh, how, and, and give you an opportunity to partner with us. Um, so we want to just talk about, a little bit about that today. And so we're talking about, about through us. Um, you know that as, as, as we as a church want to uh, challenge the status quo, we also want to challenge you guys to challenge the status quo. Uh, we don't want you to be average. We don't want you to be mediocre. We don't want to. In, in fact, how many of you guys have been enjoying the Grove so far? You guys, you guys enjoying it? Yeah. It's, it's a great thing. So, yeah, you can you put a, give a hand for that. What you, what you see here is lights and stool and a, a good-looking guy in front of you and... Uh, <laughs> just kidding. All right. I'm just, just making sure you're alive. All right. You see lights. You see music. You see all the nice screen. You see all this stuff. What you don't see is 630 in the morning, 730 in the morning, people coming to, to the Grove, to the theater to unpack all the stuff and put it up. And then we go home to eat. You don't see the team that sometimes puts it back together and puts it out. And so um, it's pretty awesome. And, and, and the reason we have what we have is because we have people that um, are, are volunteering to be a part of it. Um, and we want to challenge the status quo. We don't want to be the average church. And the reason we aren't is because we put energy and work into what we do. We come prepared. We come ready to give something. Um, and, and really, this is our heart. We don't want something from you. We want something for you. So if you've come to church, and you know I'm going to talk about money, and you might think, well, man, church always talks about money. And I'm going to say yes, and they should talk about money a lot. Here's why. Because Jesus talked about money. It was one of the topics he talked about the most. You know why he talked about so much about money? Because he knew it was one of the things that was in direct competition to him as God. Money can become a God in our lives. And so when, he, when we address money, it's because we're saying, hey, we want you to be healthy people. And money is a part of that. Um, it, it can be the, the very thing that substitutes God in our life. And so I think that's one of the reasons he talked about a lot. So we want you guys not to be like the status quo. Let me, let me, tell, let me give you a, a statistic, all right? For every dollar an American makes... How much do you think he spends? How did you know that? <laughs> I figured you guys saw it behind me. Yeah. So $1.30. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you're all smart enough to do the math here. But that just doesn't add up, right? So I bring in a dollar, but then I'm spending $1.30. So I don't know about you, but I do not want to be a status quo. I don't want to be a person that, that is average. That's, that's the average American. All right? So um, that says... Debt, 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 right, in our lives. And one of the reasons we do this is because we have a, a, a culture that's built around materialism. One of the other reasons I think Jesus talked about a lot about money is because there's this, this, these appetites that we have to be popular, these appetites to, to feel good about our lives. But appetites could never be fully satisfied. They'll always be there. And so no matter how much money you make, actually you won't have enough. You'll keep wanting more and more if you don't learn how to use it correctly. And so... I don't want you guys to be average. I don't want our church to be average. And so today it's really about that, saying how can we break the mold? How can we set up, be set apart? How can we look different? How can we act different? 
Um, it's just another part of following Jesus. It's saying we want, we want to be the kind of people that you can use in this world to represent you. And so he wants us to create margin. So this next year, going into Christmas, if you're only making a dollar, don't spend a dollar thirty. Man, budget, plan. It's okay not to give your kids all the gifts they want. You know, it, it is. They're, they're going to grow up and they won't even know the difference. They might be mad a little bit at, at the beginning, but they'll get over it. Um, in fact, my, my family, for Christmas, we found that my kids got so much from people in our lives, like our grandparents, um, that we just stopped buying them gifts. Because we're like, you don't need another gift from us because you have enough. And then we, after, after Christmas, we go look for the sales and say, do they really need something? Have they been wanting something? Then we'll try to find something for them. There's different ways you can create margin in your life. And, and here's, here's the, the, the point. is As we go into Christmas and, and, and we start thinking about all the things we're going to buy and all the things we're going to do, think about this, this stat. Next year, when you start a new year that's in one month, all right, when you sit down and say, this year, how do we want to use our money? Uh, and you create a budget. If you don't have a budget, you need to create a budget. Because here's what a budget is. A budget is telling your money where to go, all right? The truth is, if you don't tell your money where to go, you know what happens? It just goes away by itself. So a budget is saying, I'm going to use you this way, this way, this way. Now, you can budget money, you can budget time, you can budget a lot of your, your, re, your talents, your resources. There's different ways you can budget. Um, money, like I said, is the, one of the easiest ways to explain all these other areas of our life because we, we see it, we feel it. In fact, money shows us where our heart really is. So Jesus says, you know, where your, where your, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. So where you put your treasure, you put your energy and your value, your heart's going to be close behind. And so when he's talking about that, he's talking about money, but he's also talking about other things. What other things in your life are you treasuring and maybe putting before God? He's saying, watch out for those things because they'll derail you. They'll, they'll cause you to go in a direction that won't be healthy for you. So um, as, you bu- as you plan for a budget this next year, think about this. Don't budget $1.30 for every dollar you make. In fact, I would encourage you to create margin. Budget 90% of what you, what you made last year so you could put some in savings. And learn how to, how to begin to pay off your debt so you can get a healthy, healthy place. And we'll talk about why. So I have a friend that when I was telling him about starting a church in Santa Fe, he said, um, can I give you advice? He says, I don't go to church. I hate church. I'm going to give you advice. And I said, please give me advice. One of my good friends from school. And he says, he says when you start this church, don't suck. All right? Have a church that's fun. Have a church that, that, we, can be, that we can go and be challenged and we can, we can uh, and be engaged. Maybe we can laugh. Would that be okay if we laugh? And I said, I told my friend, you're going to look like our church, man. We're, we're creating this church just in that same vein. We don't want to suck. We, and, and when he said this, I knew what he was saying, don't be boring. Um, but as a church, we don't want to suck in the sense that we don't want to take from people. We don't want to take from our community. Um, we want to be a blessing to our community. And so we say it like this, we, we're, don't suck, we'd be life-giving. And what we mean by life-giving is we have a choice every single day to give death to somebody by saying mean things, hurtful things, or by giving life and speaking good things into people's lives. By being generous or by being stingy. By, by being open with our, with our life or being closed. So life-giving is saying, I want to I help people around me. I want to help our community. So we made a decision that as a church of the Grove, we don't want to suck from Santa Fe. We don't want to suck from people. We want to give. And so as you come, I want you to know that we are, we are the most generous church that I've ever been a part of. I've been a part of some generous churches before, but we are very generous as a church. Um, we love to give coffee for free. Man, help, help yourself. We give CDs. In fact, um, I don't know where it's at. It's right here. Uh, did anybody miss last week's message? Somebody want to catch up on the thing? Yeah. Would you take that? Jared, there's somebody raise their hand up there. You can take that CD to them. We have free CDs outside if you want to catch up on some of the messages. 
Um, you can go to iTunes and download them if you want to also hear what we've been talking about. But we, we want to show that we want something for you. We don't want something from you. And I generally mean that. As a pastor, I don't want you coming thinking, man, they just want my money. That's what not, today is not about at all. It's really about saying, where is your heart? Because that's the most important thing. Where is your heart? Because your money is going to be right there. It'll, it'll indicate. In fact, if you look at, you open your checkbook or bank account, and you start looking at all the ways you spend money, it'll give you an indication of what's important in your life. So as you look, you'll begin to say, wow, I really like clothes because I spent half my budget on clothes. Or you look at it and say, wow, I really like eating out. I spent half my budget on eating out. It'll show you where your heart is. And I'm not saying those things are bad. But don't misunderstand me. Those things are not bad. But if you live with the $1.30 mentality, those things are bad because you're going to just be adding more debt and one day you're going to have to pay it all back and your $10 jeans that you got on sale actually going to turn into $20 jeans when you, by the time you pay for them because of the way pay, paying off your debt works. So um, we want to be a church that's generous, that, that's giving, that's loving, and we're going to show you some examples. But before we do that, um, I, want you, I want to show you, um, would you have the next slide for me? Genesis 12, 2. Um, we're, we're, I'm going to read a scripture. This is one of the first guys that God asked. In fact, he's looking for a people group to represent him. He, he went to this man named Abram, who later became Abraham, uh, father of many nations. And he went to him and said, um, can, can, you, can you follow my lead? If, if I ask you to go somewhere, will you be able to do it? And uh, he talks to, to Abraham. And, and in, in verse 12, this is where God is talking to him and asking him to do something. He says, would you leave your country? For us, that's not a big deal. World travel is really, you know, it's easy to do. It's pretty popular. People do it all the time. But in his day, world travel was not popular. It was a very um, rough time to live in. If you traveled, ventured out of your protection, your relatives and your, and, and your family, you could get into a no man's land where people will kill you and take your possessions because that's just the way things worked. So when God asks Abraham to step away from the known and go into the unknown, it's a big request. It's not like just, hey, go to a different country. It's like, hey, I want you to go risk your life traveling to this unknown place that I'm going to show you because I want you to be representative. And in this, he tells Abraham why he wants him to do this. And this is where we'll go, okay? He says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. This is Genesis 12, 2. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So he's building up Abraham. That's a pretty good thing. Like, wow, God really likes me. He's going to make me great. He's going to bless me. This is awesome. And then the next verse, verse 3, he says, why? I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Everybody say through you. Through you. So he's looking for somebody to bless others through. Okay? See, our tendency as Americans and as, as just as people, I think, in general, is when, when we get something in our hand... Okay, something's passed to us, whether it's, it's um, possessions, whether it's uh, whatever it is that comes our way, we have this tendency to start cupping it saying, this is mine. This, is, this was given to me for my consumption. That's called greed. Okay? God is saying, I want people who can be open-handed when, when they receive something and open-handed to give it away. He's saying, I, wanna, I need somebody to represent me to bless people all around because I'm a generous God. But he knows human nature is, is, tends to do this and close our, close our hands around those things. So he's saying, Abraham, would you venture out and follow me and trust me? But in this, I need you to be open-handed. I need you to, I need you to be a blessing to those around me. See, God uses people to bless other people. And I'm not just talking finances. That's, that's with kind words. That's with time. Time is one of the most precious things you can give somebody. And he's saying, I need you. I need, I need somebody to work through. 
We know today God is still looking to bless people, but not just you can have. He, he wants you to enjoy it. The scripture talks about how he gives us stuff for our enjoyment, but he doesn't want us to do this and say it's all for me. Because when it's all about consumption and just my, my needs and my wants, it's called greed. And God is far from that. He is a, he's not a greedy God. He's a generous God. In fact, God, he doesn't even need our money. He asks for, for us to give a part of it to him. It's not because he needs it. It's what the money represents. It represents this kind of life of saying, I trust you. You're asking me to do it. I'll do it because I trust you. You want me to volunteer? All right, I'll create margin in my, my day so I can volunteer. Um, I heard that um, um, I had some, some uh, uh, family that went to, to volunteer at the Salvation Army on Thanksgiving, and they had so many volunteers that they just had to start turning away these volunteers. That's great. That is a very healthy thing to hear for the city of Santa Fe, that there were so many volunteers they had to turn them away. That means there's people saying, I want to serve, I want to, I want to help others. So God blesses Abraham, but not just for Abraham, but for who? Everyone, the world. And that's why he chooses Abraham to be his representative. And they eventually become the people of Israel. The same call, God says, I want you to be a light to the Gentiles. Like, I want you to be this light that shines and everybody says, wow, something's different about that country. Like, there, there's something different. Because he wanted them to represent him. Today, God still is looking for people to represent him on earth. In your business, in your family, in our city, he's saying, will you represent me? I want the Grove to represent God so much that people when they look at us are like, wow, that, that is a city on the hill. That is bright. You can't miss it in the darkness. That thing, they're, they're doing awesome. I want us to be an example to, to the community saying, we are just representatives of God. He's blessed us so we can bless others. You know, we went on this journey a few years back of, of, of wanting to start the Grove. And um, this last year, we started going around the, the state and around the country just, just asking people to help. Um, there's a few people in the audience in, 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 in within our team uh, that gave sacrificially and kind of helped us advance. But a lot of the resources that helped us start this church was from other churches, from other individuals around, around the city, around the state, around our country. It was awesome just to see God saying, all right, we're going to help. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the resources to be able to do what you need to do. But remember, it's about this. Be, be an example to those around us. And so our heart as the Grove is to do, is to do this. Um, so God is still looking for Abrahams all the time. Go to the next one for me. My, prop, my little screen stopped working, so I'll look back. First uh, Timothy 6.17. Paul is telling his protege, Timothy. Uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote majority of the New Testament. Um, he was against God, and then God touched his heart and, and helped him see. Um, and, and he became the, the biggest um, leader, one of the big, largest, biggest leaders in, in the New Testament that took the Bible and took Jesus all around the world, starting churches. And in this, he wrote letters to these churches. Well, this letter is written to, to one of the guys he was mentoring named Timothy. And he's telling him as a, as a pastor, Timothy's a pastor, he says, Timothy, tell your people that you lead, uh, tell them this. He says, command those who are rich in this present world. Key word, present world, okay? God is always saying, all right, this, what you're seeing is just part of the story. It's not the whole story. It's just part of it. This is the present world, which would say there's another world after, okay? And he's saying, God's, God's heart is always saying, hey, Remember this, it's not just about now, it's also about the future, it's about what's coming. So this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. This is key for us, all right? It's easy to put our hope in what we, what we possess and what we have, but it's uncertain. Things can change very quickly. When we put our, things in wealth, our hope in wealth, you know what happens? If things do change, our hope is then crumbled because Wealth is uncertain. It comes and it goes. Rather, he's saying, the next one, 
but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So he's saying this, don't put your hope in the possessions, put your hope in the one that gives the possessions. Put your hope in the one that has provided and given these because really, they're, they're his. Everything belongs to God. He created He made it. We're just stewards. The word steward is like we're taking care of what he's, he's allowed us to use for a while. Our kids, man, I'm a steward of them. God has allowed me to have these kids. So put, put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. He wants us to enjoy these things. They're not bad if we don't mix it up. See, um, I think, well, well, next one, there's one more. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Command them to be generous. Man, God wants us to be generous. Why? Because he wants us to represent him. He wants us to live the way he is, to become the kind of God that he is who is generous. It said that, in fact, he is so generous, he gave his, his most prized possession, his only son, the Bible says, that's how much he loved people. He says that God loved us so much that he gave. And over and over through Scripture, you'll see God giving and God giving. And see, when Jesus died on the cross, he gave his life willingly and freely for us. He's a generous God. And so when we follow God, if we're following him, he's wanting us to become generous also, which means we have to say, all right, I, I, I don't want to start saying this is all for me, but I'm going to live open-handed. I'm going to trust you. I think it's kind of like this, the next one for me. We can say it like this. Love people and use money. When we reverse those and we, use mo- we, we love money and use people, that's when we get in trouble. He's saying, all right, love people. That, that's what we're supposed to do. And money is not necessarily a bad thing. It can be a very good thing if it doesn't become God in your life. In fact, before this scripture, this whole chapter, he's talking about money. All right? Like I said, throughout scriptures, you're going to find a lot of um, um, scriptures about money. Why? Because it's an indication of where our heart is. The kind of people that we are, showing what kind of people that we are, what we, what we put, what's important in our lives. And so he's saying, love people, use money. He said before this that the, that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. If you don't know why there's a lot of evil, because loving money, loving possessions is what drives a lot of those decisions. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. So love people, use money. Don't get that reversed. Next one. See, he says, command those who are rich to be generous. I know what you're thinking. Well, I'm not rich. Did you know that if you made, I think it was a stat here, 40000 okay? If, you're, if you make $40,000 a year, you're in the top 4% of wage earners in the world. If you raise that up to 48%, you're in the top 1%. You know, I think it's not funny. I, think, I, I hear this 99% saying we should go after the one. You know, many of us are the one in this world. We are. We are so blessed as a nation. And what happens, though, as a nation that we're blessed when we begin to do this and say, well, it's all for us, that's when we get in trouble. Yeah. And that's what's creating this $1.30 problem is because we're, we're doing this, saying more and more and more and more. I want more. I've got to say, what are you talking about more? You have everything. I heard a stat that the U.S. consumes 40% of the world's like goods. We consume. So if you say I'm not rich... Let me just say, in, world, in the world standards, you are very rich and you're very well off. I understand you might, might be struggling and it might be hear, hard to hear that. But in the world standards, there is a lot of things that you should be thankful for. If you drove a car, man, you're, you're way ahead of a lot of the world. If you have running water in your house, you're ahead of a lot of the world. And we can't forget that because I think we get in, our, we get in this, this mentality of, well, 
America is the only way, and this is, you know, my life is just how everything is all around the world. It's not true. I saw a photo yesterday, we're, we're preparing for the message, and um, this, this photo on Instagram said, um, I guess Ebola is not a problem because it doesn't affect rich people. And it has this kid, you know, that's from Africa that's, that's sick and dying. And we forget sometimes because we are blessed, we are well off, that we don't have to deal with a lot of things other people do. We have a lot of rich people problems. You know, what, what phone should I buy? The iPhone 6 or the iPhone 6 Plus? Right? Well, I mean, we have so much money that we take good things and we trade them in for more expensive things, right? We'll go take in our car, our phone, and who does this? Rich people. So, just trying to make a point, all right? I'm not trying to be mean. Is that we, we are very well off. You are blessed. You have a lot of things to be thankful for. But the reason is because God is saying, would you, would you be like this with your life? Would you, would you live and would you, would you help others to see what I'm trying to do? Would you be a blessing to those? So he's looking people, looking for people to bless so he can bless through them, through us, others. All right? So God wants to bless you. But in that process, he's saying, I want you to do it well. I want you to, I want you to be blessed well, which means you also bless others well. The more a person makes, the less they give. So what they found is the Americans, as, as we make more money, the less we give. And what they mean by that is percentage-wise. So yeah, they might give a one-time check that's larger than what they gave when they were made less money. But percentage-wise, it's a lot less than it was when they were. So, so poor people actually give more percentage-wise than rich people. People don't have. And one of the reasons is because they haven't put their hope in money like this. Poor people are like, well, I'm never really going to do this. I, I'm, I'm open to help and share. And so a lot of times people that don't have give more percentage-wise than people that, that do have. So as God blesses you know this, he's asking you to do something. What I love about God is um, he, he puts a standard for everybody. Um, it's called a tithe, all right? And the tithe is 10%. And this is before God gave the law. This is one of the first things um, that, some of the first things in the scripture that we see God blessing. He says, I want to know where your heart is. And so he asks for 10%. It's called the fir- of our first fruits, which means the first part of what we make we say, God, I'm going to use this for your kingdom. I'm going to use this for you. And God gives us this, I think, because he understands. 10%, man, that, 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 it's, it's, it's large enough where we fill it, but it's not large enough where it's like a tax that we're just, we're, we're, we can't live. But in this, he makes these promises. He says, like, when you give to God and you're faithful, he says, test me, and I will prove to you that I will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you. It's kind of like we're like, all right, God, I'm going to trust you with this $1 out of 10 and when we do this, he begins to put blessings in our lives. In fact, he says, when you do this, I'll protect your crops. Like, I won't let the devourer come and take them and, and make them. I won't let your crops fall off of their, their vines. Like, they're going to stay until it's time. He makes these promises because he, what he's saying is, as you do this and God, I, I, I trust you, what you're asking me to do, he begins to say, I'm going to do this and begin to protect and begin to bless and honor what you're doing, your commitment. Why? Because it's about our heart of saying, God, I trust you. God, I, I want to put you first. I want to follow your lead. So one of the reasons I can stand up here and I can talk with credibility is because my family does this. We, we, we've made a budget that says we want to be generous people. So the tithe, that, that, that 10% that we say we just trust you. And then offering is beyond that saying, God, we're going to give away from ourselves to help people. So we tithe, but then we go beyond that. We help, we have, we help kids in other parts of the world that are hungry, that need uh, school and clothes and food. And so every year we're saying we want to get to a place where we can give more and more away from ourselves. We're up to about 14% now as a family, which is awesome. Is it, is it challenging? Yeah, it can be. Is there other things we can use that money for? Yes. 
But we've said, God, we want to put you first. We want to follow your lead. We want to be generous. As a church, um, go to the next one for me. Um, so we have Black Friday, right? And then we have Small Business um, Saturday. I don't know what Sunday is. We should make this cool name, like Super Something Cool Sunday. Yeah, we could think of that. And then we have uh, Cyber Monday. Well, they're coming with this new one saying Give Tuesday. It's this new kind of thing that they're trying to get this trend to, to get on where people can give to nonprofits, to give different, different organizations that are doing. Why? Because in the middle of it, they're saying, hey, we have to be aware that we can't just become like this. We have to say, all right, there's people that are in need, that need help. And so this coming Tuesday, it's give. One of the reasons I'm, I'm sharing this message this week is because um, our first offering that we took as the Grove, we gave away from ourselves. We, rec- we didn't keep any of it. We gave it away, and I'll tell you what we did with it. Um, but we want to do another offering, and it's not a separate offering. It's just our normal offering that we receive. We're going to give it all away into different organizations in Santa Fe that can help them, um, that we can just be a blessing. Why? Because we're a generous church. And all we would ask is if, if, if this is somewhere you want to put your money towards and want to give, then I want, uh, we're, going to, we're going to try to do, be a blessing to Santa Fe. But if it's not, find an organization you can bless and you can help. Just, just be generous and say, I'm open to help people. I'm, I'm willing to do this. See, because this message is not saying, I want your money. I'm not asking for your money. What I'm asking you to do is say, I want you to ask God what he wants you to do with your money and with your time and with your resources and with your energy. Because when you listen to God, he'll lead you. I promise. If you say, God, how, how can I get out of this predicament that I'm in? Maybe it's debt. He'll begin to help you find answers if you ask him and talk to him. I'm not asking you. I'm asking you to ask God what he wants you to do and how he wants you to respond. All right? So that's what we, that's all we do. So um, for us as a church, we, we have, we're trying to set the tone of saying, all right, what we ask of people as, as they're part of our membership and part of the people that become part of our team, man, we are as a church modeling it, all right? So 10% of our budget goes away from us. It's to help church planting, it's to help missions, it's to help compassion ministries. 10% of what we get every Sunday goes away from us which is really cool. It's a way that we say we want to be generous as a church. 35% is our building. We don't want to go above 35%. What we, what we do for rental, for, for, the, for the Regal, for the Hyatt, now we keep it at 35% for, for staff, compensation, for whatever we need to do with that. Uh, 20% for ministry. It's buying coffee. It's buying supplies for G-Kids. They're having a party. We bought a whole bunch of things for them so that they can, they can have a good time in there as they celebrate. So that, that's, that's how we budget. We have a budget as a church, all right? And to make sure that we don't um, get in a, in, in a negative situation, go to the next one. Oh, so let me tell you this. So our 10% giving that we give away from the church, these are things that we give to, church planning, compassion ministries, to missions, to leadership development. So we believe that the kingdom of God can grow. It grows um, primarily two different ways the most in, in, within our churches. is by new churches starting, church planning, or by helping existing churches get better and learn culture and learn things. And so we want to resource people to help them. Next one. So our first offering, we gave, we gave some part of it um, to, to an organization in Ghana called City of Refuge. They rescue kids out of uh, sex trafficking, out of, out of slavery. And they bring them in and they kind of rehabilitate them. And they help teach them how to use some of their skills, like making things. And they sell them in their stores. And they try to get them back on their feet and try to become people again, not slaves, which is a really cool ministry. And so um, this, this young lady was an intern at one of the churches we worked at. She went to Africa and her husband and started this ministry. They're just doing an awesome job. So we supported them, part of that. Next slide. Um, church planning is one of the ways that we want 
So um, we gave, we actually gave a pretty significant check to church planning because we said so many people helped us start this church. We want to help other people start their start start a church, and so we gave money to help them. Uh, you can see the little blue dot in New Mexico. That's us. All right. Uh, this organization is called the Ark. The Ark is amazing. They're a church planning organization that helped us start. Ninety-five percent of their churches um, succeed. Okay, which is way different than the twenty percent success rate for other organizations. So they're they're awesome. We're partnering with them. Done a great job. Next slide. Um, we're part of a network in New Mexico of a whole bunch of churches called the New Mexico Ministry Network. They're part of the Assemblies of God. Uh, this is how we kind of help resource pastors and resource churches. We're a young church, and we're already giving significant money, saying, "Hey, we want to help you guys. Like, we're not going to hold on to this. God is blessing us. We want to bless others." And so we've we've sent um, a couple. One guy that's going to plan a church. We sent him to a conference to learn about church planning. Uh, took another pastor to learn about systems within church, which is really cool. And we're helping other churches get healthy. Uh, next slide. Uh, we got a phone call from Girls Inc. saying, "Hey, we have we have um, Girls Inc. is a nonprofit here in, in Santa Fe that helps uh, girls develop leadership skills within them. Which my hair leadership and, and developing skills in girls that's awesome. They said, "Hey, we have this thing coming up that we want to provide some baskets, some 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 food baskets for families that are in need. Would you help us?" And I said, we would love to help you. And she wrote this check. And, you know, I didn't really think, didn't think it was a big check. Like, I was hoping to give a lot, but they were so overwhelmed because of our willingness just to say, hey, we want to do something. And so we helped buy turkey for 12 uh, baskets for, for the girls and uh, their families and some other grocers, I think, went with that, which is awesome. So we helped the girls, Inc. Next one. Um, we, some of you brought canned goods the last couple of weeks. We gave them to the Santa Fe Youth Shelters. It was awesome. Um, we had some people in the church say, hey, we want to do this. Can, you, can we do this? And they said, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's help them. So we gave, we gave, I think it was 115 or 16 pounds of, of food. You can see the picture here, the little cart. There was more inside. They couldn't stack up, but it was non-perishables and food because people, they need help, and we want to help. So next one. In 2015, um, for us, and, and we're trying to model the way. We're not, I'm not standing up here and saying, hey, you should do something that I'm not doing. And not stand up here and saying you should do something that the church is not doing. So we don't ever want to get in a, a negative place. So for 2015, as we budget for the year, we're going to budget off 90% of what came in in 2014. I know we're new. It's kind of hard to do. But, but we're going to do this. We're saying right, so 90%. We're adjusting our budget to make it fit within the 90% of 2014's uh, income that came. And we'll, we'll kind of figure out how to do that with, with our planning out. Why? Because we want to create margin. See, when we budget for 90% and next year God lets us grow and he's, he's going to, we're already growing as a church, that means it's going to increase and now we're going to have 10% plus whatever increase we have margin. Which means next year when somebody like Girls Inc. calls and says, hey, can you help? We're going to say, you bet it. You bet you we can. Can we do like three times as much as we did last year? Let's feed some more kids. Isn't that cool? I want to be the kind of church that when somebody calls, we can say, hey, we want to help. We want to do it. And so... Um, in, a, in a couple of weeks, we're going to give you guys two weeks to kind of think about it, pray about it. What we're asking is just, would everybody consider giving a one-time small offering? All right? If God wants to give more, you can give more. But just consider giving one-time small. What I mean by that is, okay, so what, 20 to $40? Somewhere between that is about a gift we buy for somebody, right? What if we give that gift to be able to help an organization in Santa Fe or some organization like a City of Refuge in Africa? What if you help some more girls get out of, out of slave traffic? and out of, out of slavery in, in Africa. Well, what if he did that? So in two weeks, we're going to take this offering. We'll, we'll remind you in the next couple of weeks, saying, hey, in, in two weeks, just would you consider giving a small offering during that, during that, that Sunday service, the 14th? And uh, it's kind of, kind of just what we're doing is sitting up here because 
Uh, we want to be kind of people that, that have margin. So there's three ways you can give, all right? Um, time, the most valuable, more valuable than your, your, your money, um, your, your, your talents, and your treasure. This is the three way God wants us to be generous, your time. We have a great service here on Sunday mornings because people are generous with their time. They come early, they stay to help set up. If you want to be a part of the team, man, come to Growth Track. We would love to see you get plugged in and be a part of doing what we do. Um, it's, it's a fun time that we have as we get together and, and set up and, and get ready for people to come learn about how awesome God is. And then your talents, figuring out how God has gifted you. You have, you have resources in your mind that are so amazing that you could, if you partnered with the right organization in Santa Fe, you could bring way more change than ever writing a check. You can do things. Maybe you're really gifted at math. There's kids in our community that need math tutors, and they can't afford them. What if you use that gift to say, all right, once a week, I'll give an hour to help this kid figure out algebra because it can be really hard or whatever. Calculus. Maybe you're really smart and you can help them calculus. Find some. Use your talents to do something. And, of course, our treasure. The reason we talk about money is because it's easy to see the money sometimes more than the other things because we feel it. We, We know it's there. See, God is not about how many zeros are at the end of the, the, the number that you're giving. He's more interested in the percentage. The reason he puts a percentage is because he's saying, I want, I want you to be consistent. I want, you to, I, want to sh- I want you to show me that you're in this for real. Because where your, where your heart is, man, where your treasure, that's where your heart's going to be. So are you, are you living like this, saying, God, whatever you give, I'm going to help pass it out. And in that, he wants us to enjoy it. But he's saying, I want, I want to give away. As you bless... Go through me and use, use me. Work through us. So as a church, it's our heart to say, God, would you work through us? Um, is the next one, is there one more? One more. Is it video is next. Would you watch this video for me? People ask me all the time, Michael, what was your big break? Our next guest is performed on Comedy Central's premium blend. He made his first appearance on The Tonight Show from the Montreal Comedy Festival. You've seen him on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. That wasn't a big break. The big break was at a club. Right before I got on stage, I had a change in mindset about comedy. Normally when a comedian gets on stage, he wants to get laughs from people. I felt a little shift take place where I felt like I was to go up there and give them an opportunity to laugh. Now I'm not looking to take. I'm looking for an opportunity to give. This changed everything. My name is Michael Jr. I'm going to do some jokes. And ultrasounds come in color now, which is ridiculous. I know it's a black baby. It better be a black baby. I leave the club that night, and there's all these people giving me hugs and high fives, telling me their favorite jokes. Then I look across the street, and I saw a homeless guy. And I thought to myself, what about him? Most comedy, most jokes are set up. My son, four years old, looks at me out of nowhere. He says, Dad, I want to be a doctor. I was like, yes, yes. And then a punchline. Then he said, or a dinosaur. (laughs) I understand that me doing comedy and doing all of these TV shows and making all these people laugh is really just a setup. My punchline is to make laughter commonplace in uncommon places. We go to Montrose, Colorado, a place called the Dolphin House. They take care of children who have been abused by their parents. And this grandmother explains to me that her um, grandson is being abused by his mom. 
he's so afraid of his mom that everywhere he goes, he wears a Spider-Man costume. So I get on stage, sitting right up front, Spider-Man. I start doing comedy. People start laughing slowly but surely. Probably about 25 minutes into it, I hear a voice. And the voice says, my name is Ronan. And this little boy pulls off his mask. And it was one of the most powerful moments in my entire comedy career. Here's the deal. If we could just stop asking the question, what could I get for myself? And start asking the question, what can I give from myself? I think people would learn that you don't have to be a comedian to deliver a punchline. It's really what I want to get across to people. And I think I just did. I looked at the camera again. I don't know if I was supposed to do that. Emphasis. Anything else you can think of? Yeah, I'm going to say it right now. You've been set up. You in the setup. Be the punchline. Okay. I'm going to walk off dramatically. <laughs> I'm muted. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm very attracted to generous people. In fact, the, the writer of Proverbs, the a wise man, King Solomon, he said that the, that the world of the generous gets bigger and l- larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I didn't even knew this guy before I saw this video, but what I saw it, I was like, man, I like this guy. Why? He's generous. He just has this, this presence saying, I, I want something for people. Our church, we want something for you. We don't want something from, from you. Please don't hear this message of thinking that I'm saying, give us your money. That is not at all. In fact, if you're a Christian, all right, and God is asking you to be faithful in giving, if you can't trust our church, that doesn't get you off the hook. You still have to be faithful in saying, God, I want to build, build your kingdom. Now, if you can trust our church, you can. I'll, I'll, you know, resource us and help us do a better job than we're doing. But for Christ followers, God is saying, this is part of following me. If you're not a Christian, you could pick and choose. But I know this. The principle works, for, works worldwide. It doesn't matter if you're Christian or not. When you give away from yourselves, you're blessed. And when you can trust God with 10% of giving away from yourself, you're really blessed. And then if you go above and beyond that, God just says, I, I can trust you with this. I'll give you more. And the more he gives, the more we get to give away. You know, in, in, in a little over two months, we've averaged 121 people in the last 11 weeks in, at the Grove. That's awesome. If you don't know that's awesome, that's very awesome. The average church in the U.S. is like 76 people, all right? So we're almost double the average. We're, we're away from, going away from the status quo. Well, in, in, in a year, you know, 60 people have, in the last 11 weeks have said, I want to follow Christ. And I want to follow him, which is awesome. That, that's a really big number. Um, one of the next steps we want to do is baptism. We want to have water baptism. We can actually say, you know what, we want to proclaim to the world that we have made this choice and show people. It'll be, in a, it'll be in probably in another month that we'll do one. We'll try to set it up. People get, are, are finding Christ. What if next year, and, and we, we can double that. What if there's 120 people next year come to know Christ? Well, what would that look like? It would look like people saying, I want to create margin in my life so I can give some of my time away. I want to create margin in my life so I can give some of my talents away. I want to give, create, create um, margin in my life, my resources, so I can, my finances, so I can give finances away. Why? So we can bless, we can represent God, so that God can work through us. He already, he's already working through us. But as we get more and more generous with our time, our, our talents, our resources, man, he'll be able to do more through us and in us. So as I talk, uh, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I am not saying I want your money. I'm not asking you. Okay? I'm asking you to ask God, saying, how can I do this? 
How can I create margin in my life? See, because this goes into our time. How can you create margin? You know, in, in Santa Fe, it's going to take you 10 to 15 minutes, no matter where you drive, to get to that place where you're going. We know this, right? It can be slow. So what does that mean? You create margin in your day. You say, I need to leave five minutes earlier than I was going to leave so that I'm not, I'm not um, stressed while I drive. That's called margin. You have five minutes more in your day not to be stressed out. When I take my kids to school, I know what time we have to leave for sure or they'll be late. And then we leave five minutes before that. So that when I'm driving there, if there's somebody in front of me is going really slow, they're not in a hurry to get to school, I'm not freaking out like my kids are going to be late. Why? We created margin. We come early to church, earlier than we need to to set up. Why? So if something goes wrong, we can have more time. We don't freak out. We try to prepare for the message. We, we start in the beginning of the week, create, create margin in our lives so we're not stressing out. Sometimes they get crammed, sometimes. But we're learning how to say, how can we create margin? Because I guarantee you, 2015, and going up to Christmas, if you will begin to say, how can I create margin? You'll have a more enjoyable Christmas because you'll begin to prepare more time and you won't spend as much money because you're making a plan. You're getting there. 2015 can be the greatest year of your life when it comes to your finances, when it comes to how you use your time, how you use your talents, if you'll make a plan. Start with the budget. Budget your finances. Budget your, your time. And I'm, I'm sure we'll say this again as we get closer to January because we want to remind you, saying, hey, this year, let's make a plan. The reason the Grove is as successful as it is because we came in with a plan and we're executing the plan. What's the plan God wants you to have? So today, this is how we're going to close service. Oh, next, next slide. So we want something for you, not something from you. That is my heart. Man, is it, we, when we receive offering at the end, don't feel obligated to give, especially if you're a guest. We're not asking you to give. We just enjoy service. Okay? This is your church. Man, give. Be generous so that we can continue doing what we're doing. But we want something for you. Every service you come, we want you to leave saying, man, this week, man, I can be generous to people. Man, I, can, I can buy somebody coffee. I can, when I'm at Starbucks, I'm going to buy somebody coffee. I'm going to, I'm going to buy somebody lunch. I'm going to take a gift to my, my boss just to say thank you for being my boss. Generosity, it creates margin. It creates health. It creates freedom in our lives. We do that. So this week, the challenge is make a plan to create margin in your life. This will take work. It doesn't just happen. It means you and your spouse, if you're married, you sit and, and make a plan together saying, all right, we're going to Christmas. How can we not spend everything that we make plus 30 cents? All right? Or plus 30, whatever that number is. How can we not do this? Going into the new year, how can, what, what can we do to make a plan to say, we want to be generous in 2015, and we can give to different ministries, we can feed kids in Haiti, we can do whatever. How can we do this? You make a plan. So this is the challenge, is create margin in your life. When you're going to work, leave early. See what happens. How more relaxed you are when you have 10, 15 minutes on the road, just to, you'll be the one going slow <laughs> behind you, like, aren't you in a hurry to get to work? No, I got, I got margin in my life, man. <laughs> create margin. Create margin. It'll, 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 make you, it'll help you laugh more. It'll, you won't be stressed. You won't be rushed to every situation. Create margin.